is conversational AI anyway? It's a big topic, an important topic, and today on CXO Talk, we are exploring this subject with somebody who is running a large program at a major financial institution. I'm Michael Krigsman. I'm an industry analyst and the host of CXO Talk. I want to say a grateful thank you to IPSoft. We are in New York City in their AI Experience Lab. We're speaking right now with Ken Dodelin, who is the Vice President of Conversational AI Products at Capital One. Hey, Ken, how are you? Great. How are you, Michael? I'm good. So, tell us about Capital One. I think we know the name, but tell us about, tell us what you guys do and your size. Sure, sure. So, uh, Capital One is a uh, large bank in the U.S., cover, uh, credit cards, banks, auto loans, all those sorts of things, and um, has been leaning heavily into the digital space, and um, in particular into the intelligent assistance space, which is what we're here to talk about today. Now, you're the VP of Conversational AI Products. That's right. Tell us what does that mean, and, and what do you do what, in practice? What does that involve? Sure, so uh, we build digital products, and uh, in, in my case, they're in the conversational AI space, which means that they have uh, artificial intelligence behind them, and that they interact with customers in a conversation. So very often, customers can speak or text in natural language and interface with Capital One through an AI. Sometimes it's our own, which we call Eno. We'll talk about that in a bit, and sometimes it's uh, through a parent AI, like an Alexa or Cortana or something like that. Now, Ken, uh, as the VP of Conversational AI Products, what's the scope of your responsibilities? Sure. So uh, the products I just mentioned are all live today. So we were the first bank to release a skill on the Amazon Alexa platform that enabled customers to ask Alexa about their accounts and get information, even pay their bill all through voice. We extended that skill over to the Cortana platform run by Microsoft. And last year, we turned our attention a little bit towards the text space. And so we were the first bank to release a natural language chatbot uh, or intelligent assistant through the SMS channel. And so customers can text Eno, our intelligent assistant, and ask questions about their accounts, when's their bill due, pay their bill, and so forth, uh, all through the familiarity of what we all do every day, which is texting. Why is conversational AI so important to Capital One? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a few things. So first of all, Capital One is a very tech-forward company. So we're the first bank to go to the cloud. We're the first, um, or one of the first banks to have an API-based infrastructure that powers all of our digital experiences. And we're always looking for ways to use technology to improve the customer experience. And so in conversational AI, um, it used to be that you could either come to our graphical user interface, which would be an app or a website, where we, in some ways, try to guess what it is you're looking for, right? You have a certain finite number of buttons and links to, to click on or tap on. Um, in the conversational interface, it's whatever's on your mind. And you can just text in natural language, and then we're able to uh, start with that rather than starting with all the guesswork. And so it's a great complement to GUI experiences, and it's also a great way to um, interact with customers without having to pull them in to our Uber 
um, website or app. So is it mostly a function of uh, user experience? Is that your goal or, or are there other goals as well? Well, there are, there are fantastic business and customer uh, benefits to conversational AI. And look, there's, there's three things going on here. The, the first one is we have a recent emergence in natural language processing techno uh, technology. So um, not too many years ago, we just couldn't understand customers what the intent of their uh, spoken or typed uh, utterances were in the way that we can today. So that advancement has enabled these experiences to reach a threshold where they're actually useful. The second thing is the availability of data. And so um, our ability to get answers and connect into our API infrastructure, the same one that powers our, uh, our websites and apps, is at a place now where we can use real-time context to adapt the conversation so it is more conversational and not just a sort of predetermined conversation that wouldn't feel very human. And then the third thing, in addition to the NLP and the data, is the proliferation of the Internet of Things devices. And so whereas not too, uh, in the not too distant past, it was pretty much a website or an app that you were going to interact with Capital One through, or else you were going to call the call center. Now we have things like Alexa, um, these voice-enabled touch points with the customer, either in their car or in their living room or wherever they put those connected devices that enable uh, interaction. And also, since we don't have to have a GUI come with us wherever we want to interact with customers, since we can do it simply through natural language, we can go to places like text messaging, messaging apps, and other similar things where the interaction is all just natural language um, and even emojis. Right? Who, who would have thought you'd be paying your bill with a thumbs up emoji, but that's what we've enabled and uh, customers have gravitated to it. Ken, I certainly can see very quickly the, um, the, the user experience value here, but can you elaborate on the business value as well? Sure. So um, every company that has a, um, a large customer service need is looking for ways to get customers to A, not have problems, and B, uh, be able to self-service and digital. And so there's business benefits to that. The other one is, um, I'll, I'll give you, there's lots of micro examples where this is helpful. Um, you can imagine people coming to our websites and instead of just having to look around and not finding what they need, they can actually ask and get to what they need to do, um, which leads to a lot of desired business behaviors, right? They're actually paying their bill. They're actually um, enrolling in, paperless statements, whatever it is, that is a, a desired customer behavior. I'll give you another one that's, that's kind of uh, interesting. Uh, we have a, like every bank, we have a fraud alert that goes out, right? And um, that fraud alert is very rigid just because of when it was uh, created, where it will say, hey, we, we noticed a, uh, a suspicious charge on your account. Text us back, confirm or deny whether or not it was yours. And if you text back, confirm or deny, everything's great. If you fat finger it, or you make a typo, or you try to say something like yes, or as we've seen in our logs, yes, that's the pair of shoes I bought when I was visiting my sister in Philadelphia last weekend, we don't understand any of it. And so you can imagine the business benefit of being able to understand these things that the customer is saying so that if there is a fraud event, we can turn off the card and take corrective actions more quickly uh, so that the fraud stops. Now maybe this is a very basic question, but what's the difference between the type of AI that you're talking about 
that has access to data and has built-in intelligence, how is that different from kind of the simplistic chatbot that, that every website has got these days? Uh, a few things. One is we're very niche, right? So we are, we are building an intelligent financial assistant. Um, we, like to, we, we found when we were building Eno, we used some off-the-shelf uh, natural language processing solutions that um, were okay. Um, we, we gravitated to, hey, if we train it on banking, uh, we'll find that it's better at banking than the off-the-shelf ones. It's terrible at everything else. Um, you know, it doesn't know sports, things like that. But we, we really hone in on the types of things that our customers uh, are looking to do. And we have very short conversations about prioritization because we know exactly what customers are, want to do with Eno by what they text in, right? You're always guessing on a website and, and such, but we, we have great data on that. The other side of it, um, of how it's different, is that Eno will reach out to you, right? And so the, like we like to say, the call center rarely calls you as a customer, but Eno um, will reach out to you in the moments that matter in the channel that works for you because Eno is always minding your, money, minding your money and thinking about it even when you're not. And so the same things you would want from a human personal financial assistant uh, will be accomplished through uh, our virtual one. So your development goal then was to create a very narrow, narrowly focused AI that had a great deal of depth inside that narrow focus That's about right. which you care. That's right. That's right. Because look, I. Uh, I have great empathy for the folks who are at the, the big five tech companies working on Siri and Alexa and, and Google Assistant and some others where they're trying to answer any question about anything, right? which is a really hard problem to solve. We, we have a more narrow focus and uh, can achieve, I think, some, some higher levels of success in our niche um, because we're so focused. Now, you mentioned that, you're that there's a combination of products that you've developed in-house as well as external products, is that correct? Um, so we, we've, we've worked with uh, various vendors along the way and, and come up with a, a, a sort of mix of homegrown technology and some other things, but we, look, we, we generally build things uh, ourselves at Capital One. We leverage a lot of um, you know, the fact that we're in the cloud and we have this API-based infrastructure and um, you know, sort of a passion for open source software. So we, we tend to leverage the great talent we have on the team uh, to build things and, and let the customer experience guide us. So your enterprise, your underlying enterprise architecture facilitates what you're doing with, with AI? Absolutely. The same, uh, the same technology that powers our websites and apps and authentication is leveraged in the, uh, the conversational AI products that we release. The, the part that's new is that the inbound uh, activity by the customer comes in natural language and the response comes in either voice or text or a mix of maybe text and GUI, right, based upon where you're, uh, you're interacting. And so um, we have our Cortana skill, our Alexa skill, and our Eno SMS chatbot all running on the same platform right now, which is great. Did you hire uh, people to do things like natural language processing? Um, we haven't gone public with what we've, like how we've built each component of the, of the Eno experience. But again, you know, we went out and looked at what we were trying to do from a vision standpoint and said, hey, there are some places where we feel like we have the expertise and other places we want to bring it in. And so I'll give you a couple examples. Um, to work on natural language processing, we brought in one of the lead engineers who 
uh, helped build the first AI, uh, helped build the first AI to win on Jeopardy. And when we were thinking about the character of Eno, we look, kind of looked around and said, well, we're a bank. We don't really build characters. And so we went out and hired a, uh, a woman with a lot of experience in working with characters from Pixar to come in and, and give us a backstory for Eno and some character traits and some consistent personality. So as you interact with Eno, you don't have one personality in one place and one personality in another. Really? That's really interesting. Yeah, it's been a fun journey. And we've, we certainly had to stretch our, our skill sets to succeed in this space. And it sounds as well like this is a strategic mandate of the organization uh, to develop these types of technology products. What are the kind of metrics related to AI that you track? Well, there's a lot of um, similarities between what you would track on mobile apps, for example. But one of them we look at is um, a customer success rate. And so um, we want to know customers who start act interacting with Eno, whether it's through a proactive uh, outreach by Eno or a customer's inbound outreach, uh, did they achieve their goal? And so we look at um, whether it's a direct answer from Eno or Eno steering them to a certain place. Um, how can we continue to improve the ability for Eno to, uh, to provide the customer with what they're looking for? And is that that's a function both of the technology as well as the data and the way that you're using the data? Every, yeah, everything is data driven. We have there's some subjectivity sometimes in the uh, around the edges, but um, like I said, we have we have short conversations about what the what the customer's looking for now because there's just such a great insight uh, into the into what the customer is thinking at the given time. Now, what about your call centers? You mentioned that this is a uh, complement to your existing contact centers. Mm -hmm. So that so the contact centers remain unchanged? This, these are just additional channels that customers can talk with you? That's right. And I think the, the call center folks are actually excited about the deployment of machine learning to enhance what they're doing. Certainly, anything that can predict what types of issues a customer might be calling about to help route them more efficiently to the agent who can give them their answer to, to queue up the right systems that uh, get them to the information they need. All is value add and allows them to spend more of their time doing the higher value human side of, of servicing customers uh, versus trying to do that simple navigation stuff. You know, this uh, the, the level of investment that you've placed here obviously is very significant, which means that you must have ways of evaluating your progress and evaluating how do we know if we're being successful here or not. Mm -hmm. So could you share with us some of those mechanisms for, for evaluating what you're doing? Sure. So not unlike um, most of our products, we want to know our digital products. We want to know, do people use it? Do they love it? And um, So adoption being one. Sure. And um, What's interesting is that when we launched Eno as an SMS intelligent assistant, uh, it's different than launching an app in that when you launch an app, it comes with all the infrastructure of, well, you're in an app store now, and you have ratings and reviews and places where people can leave those ratings and reviews. Well, we didn't have that, but we wanted it. So we actually stood up our own. And so uh, customers, we solicit customers' feedback, and we post it up on, the, uh, uh, on a web page. And the feedback so far, has been surprisingly positive. For a, for a product that's in a nascent stage, I think it has north of four and a half out of five stars. And we see people 
uh, enjoying the fact that they can just get, it's another way for them to get access to information very quickly uh, and get their questions answered. And they can ask them, particularly if it's something like, well, this might be on the website. I'm not sure. Let me just ask. And, then, and I can find out if it's there or not uh, before I invest the time it takes to, to make a phone call or what have you. Are there specific technologies that you see coming down the pike that are important? Sure. I think you know, there's, there's the natural language processing, which is very good at deriving a customer's intent, where you can then go and, <clears throat> and give them a response. Um, there's a lot of advances starting to, to take place along dialogue management and um, natural language generation. These types of things are still in the formative stage, but they allow conversations to be not just be natural from a question and answer standpoint, but more of a conversation that can go in many directions, which is more of how human conversations go. So we're excited about those. We're monitoring them. We do some of our own research on them, and um, I think they'll be a uh, they'll be a driving force in the years to come. We've been talking with Ken Dodelin, who is the Vice President of Conversational AI Products at Capital One. Ken, thanks so much for taking time with us today. Thanks for having me, Michael. Everybody, go to our website. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, and I want you right now to tell all of your friends and your family that they should watch, and they should subscribe too.